0: this is detroit today on 1019 wdet i'm stephen henderson as always i'm really glad you have joined us we're talking about the election results which are getting closer and closer to final in election 2020 and what comes next where do we go from here. Joining us now to talk a little more about the local implications of this election is Chad Livengood. He is a senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome back to Detroit today.
1: Good morning, Stephen.
0: Yeah. So let's start here uh, with a reminder of how big a focus Governor Gretchen Whitmer was in Trump's campaigning here in Michigan. And then tell us what effect you think that had on the voting last week.
1: Well, you got to kind of go back to uh, late March and early April when uh, Governor Whitmer was uh, starting to find her way to take cable television shows and making public pleas to the Trump administration to send PPE to Southeast Michigan hospitals uh, that were being overrun by a surge of COVID patients and being... um, uh essentially you know um you know just hamstrung by the by the uh by the pandemic that um those those first days of the pandemic where she was really starting to get a public presence uh is kind of where the presidential campaign in Michigan started because president trump started um the, publicly dismissing her you know he had the infamous uh friday afternoon press conference where he said he said he told uh, the vice president don't call that woman from michigan um and and with that uh you know the the, the feud the trump whitmer feud began and it became it, it started to really kind of define uh both uh, how governor whitmer had uh, gone about uh, um uh managing the pandemic and how president trump had gone about managing the pandemic and that that issue kind of started to continue to show up in the polls as people got asked, who, is, who, who do you approve of uh, as far as uh, their handling of the pandemic, Governor Whitmer has been getting 60% approval ratings, and President Trump has been getting um, 40 or sub-40% uh, uh, approval ratings, and that has remained consistent all year long. Um, even in the ups and downs and despite all the criticisms that, that Governor Whitmer has taken for uh, her, her management of the pandemic, it's been consistent. And that's kind of part of one of my, my analysis this week is looking at how the pandemic uh, uh, and, and the uh, handling of it uh, influenced a lot of voters.
0: And, and, you know, we've seen this reaction in the state to the negative reaction to the outcome the the fact that Joe Biden seems to have won the the presidential contest here i think the president's behavior was was aimed at getting those people to vote in large numbers and and beating Joe Biden why why didn't it work and if you look at uh, at at the level of enthusiasm, for instance, on that side, I think there was a strong suggestion suggestion that it that it might work that that they were more energized than Joe Biden's supporters. What what went wrong? Well,
1: uh, there just wasn't enough people to overcome that. I mean, yes, Donald Trump uh gained more than three hundred thousand more votes than he got in the two thousand sixteen election, uh, but Joe Biden got four hundred thousand plus more votes than Hillary Clinton got mm-hmm. in in two thousand uh I maybe mean, it was almost five hundred thousand more uh than in two thousand sixteen and that uh, was the difference. It was a it was a turnout game uh to energize voters and where uh where Trump lost uh, and clearly uh, uh Biden made gains uh was in suburban areas was among uh some voters who may have voted for Trump um and uh you I you know I did run into lots of republican voters uh all year all summer and fall long who said I'm you know I voted for for Trump once or that that was it um and one I featured in my in my column this week a 65-year-old retired teacher from Higgins Lake, Ross Common, uh Michigan up 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 north in the uh northern lower peninsula um basically described herself as a Fox News Republican um mm. who voted for Bill Schuette for governor and um but she she voted for for Biden for president uh and we don't have a firm number of how many of those Republicans switched partly because exit polling um is com- sort of a kind of been thrown out the the window this year because of absentee voting. We don't, you know, the traditional exit polls on election day just don't reflect the actual overall electorate. So we don't have a real good firm number of how many people flipped, but we also, we do know that, you know, (laughs) there was counties that uh, clearly uh, changed hands, uh, Saginaw County and uh, Leelanau County, uh, that uh, Biden was able to win, that uh, Trump had won before. And, and, and then we also see, you know, his, his margins in the suburbs. Uh, he just performed better, um, got more votes overall than Hillary Clinton did in 2016. And, and some of that uh, probably does translate to this pandemic that we're living in in real time.
0: Hmm. I, I want to talk some now about Michigan itself and the relationship between the governor here and the legislature. this this spat between the President and the governor has had an effect, I think on on the relationship between the governor and the legislature. We saw the Republican led state Senate Oversight Committee hold a meeting over the weekend to pursue some subpoenas to investigate. The uh, election results, Uh, you've got leadership in the legislature really interested in that. They weren't as interested in some other investigating lots of other things that have happened in this state. the Flint water crisis, for instance, the Enbridge oil spill, uh, any number of other scandals uh, or disasters. But but the interplay between them and the governor is important to, to running the state. Does this this aggravation with Trump... Uh, make that harder and more difficult for the governor?
1: Um, Yeah, and that's been, uh, you know, Trump has been in the background of almost all of this uh, uh, tension between the governor and uh, the legislative leadership uh, who are very, Firmly pro-Trump. I'm talking about Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirkey and uh, House Speaker Lee Chatfield, who who is leaving office here at the end of the of the year. And and so yeah, when you see the the legislature kind of jump into action uh, days after the election, and say, hey, we want to investigate uh, this election, uh, but. Yeah, they didn't investigate the 2016 election when Trump narrowly won mm-hmm. um, and there were certainly irregularities in Detroit uh, that year uh, that were well documented uh, by the Board of canvassers in Wayne County uh, and the legislature didn't jump on that and and yes they I had pointed out on Twitter they didn't they didn't investigate the unemployment insurance false fraud scandal they didn't investigate with subpoenas the unemployment uh, uh, insurance agency meltdown this year uh, where people People waited weeks and months to get pay, uh, to get uh, paid uh, unemployment benefits in the midst of uh, of mass uh, unemployment and layoffs, and and so uh, this is a curious uh, uh, use of of the uh, subpoena power of the legislature when there has been other major events and disasters and catastrophes that have not uh, been uh, been investigated. Uh, and and I the Flint one is is one the, probably the most stark. I mean, the hearings that they held were, um, you know, really uh, inch deep um, as far as uh, this just got kind of below the sod line um, uh, on on the uh, on the Flint water crisis and what went wrong at various state and and local government agencies. Um, And this is a power of the legislature and it's it's a power uh, oversight in general. In the legislature uh, is something that doesn't happen enough really I think and I think even the legislative leadership uh, has talked about this before themselves uh, that um the legislature in this era of term limits they pass bills and they move on and then they don't very rarely pull people in and that, you know ask a lot of tough questions mm-hmm. um so so I guess we'll see what what comes of this, but it adds another uh element to um, any attempt to try to get uh, some better relationships between the governor and the legislative leadership. And then we got this new incoming speaker, Jason Wentworth, from mm-hmm. Clare, mm-hmm. who on uh, on the day of his election as the next House Republican leader on Thursday, he was asked about Governor Whitmer's call, renewed call for a uh, a law from the legislature Acquiring mass, um, and uh, he he called it a press stunt, um, and and said uh, said she's already got you know her you know, orders from the from the Department of Health and Human Services. Which you and I know that nobody really knows who Robert Gordon, the public, uh, the, the, the uh, state health department director, is. Um, and something coming from him saying you got to wear a mask, it doesn't have anywhere near the force politically or legally. It mm-hmm. seems that um, uh, as the governor saying you have to do it, or as the legislature saying you have to do it. Right. Um, and that's where really part of the debate. Um, that we're still having here in the eighth month of the pandemic when uh, uh, we hit a new high on on Saturday of 6,225 new cases of of COVID-19 and our rolling seven-day average right now is over 4,200. Uh, and we've got 2,000 people in hospitals mm-hmm. uh, in Michigan, most of which are outside of southeast Michigan. It's a different story this time than the spring surge. The majority of those, of the tw- almost 2,100, uh, almost 1,200 of them are in hospitals out of state. Um, I talked to a hospital administrator in Holland on Friday. They have Thirty-five patients out of what is normally 110 people in uh, patient beds occupied on any given day. Mm. Um, so one third of the hospital is COVID patients. In the spring, Stephen, they uh, they they never had you know, more than a half dozen, and on October 1st, they had two.
0: Mm. Wow! Wow! It is really. I mean, it is really getting more intense, and there's going to have to be something done, you know, in Lansing and in Washington, you got to get both sides to be able to, to work together. There's one side that's been at the table the whole time. Another side has not. Okay. Chad Livengood, senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming by.
1: Thanks,
0: Rob. That's going to do it for us today. Be back tomorrow when we're going to look at this surge in COVID cases and talk about what it means As the weather turns here in Metro Detroit and we get closer to the holidays, I think we are all going to be in the house for an extended period of time this winter. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.